Are you vanilla or kink curious? Then you will be right at home here on the Discover Your Kinky Self podcast, sponsored by Arouser.com. We give you expert sex advice and opinions related to all things kink, fetish, and beyond. From sexologists to sex chat hosts themselves, we have you covered when it comes to gaining a deeper understanding of what arouses you from experienced adults. If you want to learn better ways to get laid or simply get more sexual pleasure online, sit back and enjoy the show. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Discover Your Kinky Self podcast. I'm your host, Femme Fatale, and I'm here on behalf of Arouser to interview sex chat hosts and sexologists and sex experts from all around the world. Today, we have the lovely Anna Kelberg here from South Africa. She is a registered sexologist and psychologist, and she recently did an amazing scientific study with us here at Arouser based on data we gave her from our chat host directly in regards to sex workers' motives in the industry. And we had some really interesting findings that you may or may not know or have thought about. Our main theme today is, is sex chat cheating or not? And we're going to be referring to Anna's professional background with clients and also Also, in regards to our scientific study, we're going to be pulling data from there to give you some great uh, resources and also answers to some questions you may have around shame and stigmas associated with using sex chat as a service or being a sex chat worker or sex worker online in general. Anna, thank you so much for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Thank you for providing me this amazing opportunity to interview and um, ask questions about their motivation to engage in sex. You are your chat hosts. You're welcome. So the first question I have for you is, what is your professional background and why did you enter the world of sexology as a psychologist? <laughs> thank you for the question. Well, my first career, I worked as a human resource manager, and then I I was in the management of a high-tech company. Um, And later on, I decided to study psychology. And when I was thinking, what is my specialization? I wanted to find my niche. And I was thinking, "Mm, this, no, that, no, sex. Yes. Um, The the reason for that is that I come from a very sex-positive family, you know, um, when um, my my granddad became a widower, he soon after started to date another woman. And I remember I was a teenager and he came for one of the family dinners. He opened the door and I could see his eyes beaming. He was like literally shining. And he said, you know what? I still can. And the entire family was saying, yeah, you go, man. And the thing is that I was a teenager. I haven't had sex uh, myself at that time. But A, I knew what he was referring to. And B, I was proud of him. And so, like, I come from a family where I haven't, like, I haven't seen anything that I shouldn't see. But I come from a family where sex was seen as something positive. It was something that was, like, like, literally, my parents were very supportive in this. And so, and this led me to becoming a psychosexologist, someone who works with clients whose main issue is sex or sexuality related. That's awesome. A very organic way to find yourself into that industry, which is pretty cool. Mm -hmm. 
Next question we have then is what can men, specifically we're speaking to our male audience right now, what can men take away from the scientific study you did with us in regards to paying for sex work to fulfill their needs online? Yeah, that's a very good question. Thank you. Well, you see, in my study where I was asking chat hosts about their motivation to motivations to engage in sex, both with um, their clients that are virtual partners and their real life partners, I found out that pay is um, only number six among the motivators to engage in sex with their clients. Um, and all other reasons like uh, pleasure, physical desirability, self-esteem boost, because, you know, self, like sex can be a very, um, can, can have a very positive effect on our self-esteem or stress release. All of these motivators were um, mentioned more often than, than pay. And um, I was thinking to myself, as I mentioned, I have um, my, my my first career is was in HR. And I was thinking to myself, how come um, like, you know, how do I explain it? Um, in, 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 in the developed world, financial compensation alone is 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 insufficient to ensure job satisfaction and motivation. Um, for instance, just as um, in any other profession, uh, say as a university professor or healthcare professional, it's not um, enough to be compensated alone. You are looking for other motivations. And so it's essential to recognize that uh, sex workers who have voluntarily chosen this profession are also influenced by a myriad of factors that go beyond monetary compensation, right? And here we're, of course, are talking about developed countries where sex work is a choice, not uh, where they are coerced, you know, like we are not talking about sex, sex trafficking or something like this. And so, um, while many people perceive sex with a sex worker as uh, primarily transactional, my findings have emphasized the depth and diversity of experiences that can arise from these encounters. You know, um, when we recognize that these interactions can extend beyond a mere transaction, like it opens the door to a more fulfilling and enjoyable experience, both for the client and for the sex worker, right? So uh, understanding that um, chat hosts are motivated by a myriad of reasons, um, such as like the ones that I've mentioned, or say emotional connection or personal exploration, uh, man can create, or like I wouldn't even say men, like the users of the service can create a more meaningful and uh, satisfying experience for for all parties involved. What do you think? Absolutely. I mean, it removes the shame and stigma around it, which is what we try to do on the Discover Your Kinky Self podcast is just humanize all these events that happen online because they're they're interfacing with their needs through another human at the end of the day. And whatever those needs are, as long as they're safe, sane, and consensual, it shouldn't be frowned upon or seen, seen with or met with shame and stigma. So I think that's very well explained. And thank you very much for that point. I hope that helps our male listeners feel more seen and heard in this show today. The next question we have for you is, uh, what do you, oh, this is a great one. What do you think about the stigma associated with infidelity in relationships when one partner seeks out sex work services online? Yeah, it's it's not that easy. It's not that straightforward. Um, so now I'll talk uh, from my perspective as a as a practitioner, as a therapist. 
Um, I work a lot with non-monogamy, whether consensual or non-consensual. Um, and I frequently see clients who are um, who were one of the partners secretly engaged with other partners um, without primary partners being aware. And so one of the very common representations is where one of the partners was frequenting a sex worker. And a couple would usually come seeing my assistants to address issues related to exposure and the breach of trust. Um, and usually while the, the partner who was cheated on, they would feel I don't know, pain, they would feel hurt, and the, the, the sense of loss of trust and all of these emotions. However, we shouldn't forget also about the partner who has actually cheated because um, these people, they, they would usually experience a, like an immense shame and guilt. And, um, in my, in, 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 in my, in my other studies, I have found out that, uh, it's quite seldom that people cheat because they're, they are lacking something in their primary partner. Usually, um, when they engage in sex with someone else, it's more about their own exploration. They are, uh, looking to experience a certain feeling or emotion. Um, when they are, un when they are looking for someone else, they usually would like, like when they are lacking something in a the relationship, they would start looking for someone else. But when they keep the relationship, the primary relationship, it means that they are generally happy with the relationship they have. And, um, they are having that another relationship or just sexual encounter for different reasons. And um, the reasons are very unique and uh, um, like different individuals would come with different reasons. But just a recent one and quite a common one. I've had a couple where he explained the the, the male partner of, of the couple who has uh, uh, engaged in sex with multiple sex workers and was exposed and were coming to me with his wife for therapy. He explained that uh, it is his way how to deal with stress, how to lower anxiety. He was telling me that the anticipation of the encounter and the actual encounter are the moments when he feels at the at his like he 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 doesn't feel that much stress. He it's his calmest moments. It's almost like his brain is taken away to a fantasy world. And um, while there are many ways how to deal with anxiety and stress, like this is one of them. So, you know, uh, there are many ways how to, how to see it, right? Um, have I answered your question? Is there something else you would like me to elaborate on? I think that's perfect to show pe so people can see that it shouldn't be, have to be a dirty secret. Also showing the complexity of relationship dynamics. Nothing is black and white. Even in a monogamous relationship, there are definitely, definitely different colors, tones, shades, and feelings happening there because every relationship is super unique to every partnership. So whether it's monogamy, non-monogamy, polyamory, it's all unique to everybody. So it's for them to make their own rules and not feel like they have to go by a set set of rules pre-made for them to fulfill society's expectations of them. And I think you fleshed yes. that out really well there in that response. Absolutely. And you know what? Um, monogamy and non-monogamy as such shouldn't be seen as black and white. Uh, instead, look at that as a continuum. You know, there are different shades of gray. And uh, if you prefer violet or orange or blue, whatever you want it, right? Um, you know, um, so, some, some people would uh, see... 
Like, first of all, what is monogamy? Monogamy, this is when you have one partner for life. How many of us do this? Uh, very few, I assume. Then there is serial monogamy. Well, this is when you have a monogamous relationship with one person, then you break up with them, and you have a monogamous relationship with another person. And then there is there are monogamous relationships where you would allow non-monogamous, like, a bit of non-monogamy, non-monogamy to some extent, or don't see, don't tell, where both partners are actually aware that there is something happening, but they don't discuss it, they don't share it, they 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 they, they, they never address it, right? And then there are a lot of like more specific and nuanced um, uh, arrangements when, say, uh, we are monogamous when we are under the same roof, but it's okay for me to engage in some with someone when I'm on business trips or when I'm traveling or one night stands don't count or say um, if it's the same person that I dated uh, when I was in high school, then it also doesn't count or say like, um, you know, what I, what I also experienced in my practice is that um, a couple where one person is kinky and the other person is vanilla. Um, and, and usually these are relationships that are like where people are together for many years. And then, uh, in the, like after years of in the relationship, one partner would discover the, uh, that they are kink inclined. Um, they would agree to some sorts of agreement that generally sex is like is reserved for primary diet for the couple. But uh, one of the partners who are kinky, they can experience some aspects of kink with, with someone else, uh, whether it's physical or online, as in your case. So it's it's not that uh, black and white. There are so many nuances, and I can talk about the nuances for hours and hours and hours. <laughs> it's a great way to show other people, too, if they do have a partner who is more vanilla and they are more kinky, then that should, and they're in, say, a monogamous relationship. That doesn't mean it has to end your monogamous monogamous relationship, it means you need a new monogamy contract, meaning what is okay and what is not okay in regards to you exploring your kink outside of me because it makes me uncomfortable to explore kink personally, but it doesn't mean I want to break up our relationship because of this one dynamic that may not that may be missing because there's no one person that can fulfill all of your needs in any relationship ever from friendship to sexual relationships. So it's really healthy as adults to have those conversations and not necessarily sacrifice a great relationship just for specific needs, needs not being able to all be met by one partner. And it shouldn't have to be seen as cheating in order to do so. And that again, that removes some of the shame and stigma around it. Oh, yes, absolutely. I'm totally with you. I think majority of couples would benefit from explicit monogamy agreement, monogamy contract, where they discuss and agree what is allowed and what is not allowed in a relationship. And moreover, it's it's also important to discuss what is the meaning of this behavior, because we, we all often jump into interpreting um, a certain behavior as uh, I'm not good enough or something like like this. This is what, what is really hurting for the egos and so on. And oftentimes it's not about you. It's about me. Like it doesn't mean much to me. I'm not leaving the family. I just want to experience this. And why do I want to experience this? So it requires a lot of self-exploration. But eventually it leads to the growth of the couple and then they both individuals involved. 
Absolutely, Anna. So we're just about running out of time here. So to wrap up, I have two questions left for you. The next one is, what is the most interesting fact you found from the scientific study you did with Rouser in regards to the sex workers' motives in the industry? Okay, okay. So, you know, what struck me most in this study um, is uh, actually two things. Firstly, it's fascinating to see that Primary motivations of motivations for chat hosts to engage in sex with their online clients are strikingly similar to their primary motivations to engage in sex with real life partners. Uh, the main motivators to engage in sex, both with with both groups of, of their partners, um, are almost identical, like seeking sexual pleasure, or wanting to express their emotions to their partners wanting to act out their sexual fantasies, seeking self-esteem boost or stress relief. Uh, and these are all, often associated with sex. And the second thing is actually, the second finding actually stems out from, from the first revelation. Um, money is not among the primary motivators for chat hosts when they engage in online sex work. Um, you know, like all of us, we appreciate fair compensation for our work, but it's intriguing to note that financial gain ranks only six uh, among the top reasons why chat hosts choose to participate in online sex. Um, I, I think uh, this finding challenges the common assumption that financial incentives are the primary and only driving force for sex workers. Absolutely. You got to love your job more than the money to stay at the end of the day, regardless of what industry you're in. That is across all industries where money is exchanged, including sex work, because sex work is work. All right. Thank you so much, Anna, for joining us today. These are some great findings we got in the scientific study we did together. I highly suggest everyone to check out the article. It's posted on arouser.com. It's also posted on Anna's website. We'll have that link in the description for you. Please check it out. It's an incredible article that helps remove a lot of the shame and stigma associated with sex workers using sex work as a way to provide a lifestyle for themselves online and also gain fulfillment in their work. And also for those men who seek out sex work services online where they can feel more seen and heard by exploring their needs with alternative partners anonymously privately and safely at their own discretion. So thank you so much, Anna. Can you let you, let the people know where they can find you if they want to reach out to you for sexology consultations or anything in regards to psychology? What Where can they find you online? Thank you so much um, for having me. Um, I would love to hear from you, even if it's not a, a, a client application, but just as, uh, I don't know, if you, if you have an opinion and want to share with me, I would love to hear from you. Uh, please find me at, um, at uh, please find my homepage, www.annakelberg.com. That's so easy. Perfect. Easy. We will see you guys on the next one. Thank you for tuning in. And again, thank you, Anna, so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you. And we really loved collaborating with you on this scientific study. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining the Discover Your Kinky Self podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to our channel so you don't miss out on our upcoming episodes. Also, we love getting podcast reviews. Let us know how much you enjoyed yourself today by dropping us a five-star kinky review. We hope you learned something new after spending time with us. And if you want more sex talk, head over to arouser.com. That's spelled A-R-O-U-S-R. -S See you soon.